Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot, and the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Glad to have you with us. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open as always. That number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We've got a lot to get to today. We're just a day away from Indiana's second regular season game. Uh, Bethune-Cookman will be the opponent, opponent coming up on Thursday night at Assembly Hall. And of course, one game away between Indiana and Xavier. That is going to be I think the first real challenge, obviously, for this IU basketball team this season. But some football stuff to get to, some local stuff to get to. Uh, a great day to join us here on this Wednesday edition of our program. Let's take a look at the show lineup. It's a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, some news and notes. We've got stuff on IU basketball. We've got stuff on IU football. OG Ananobi, a little update on him with the Raptors. He is off to a great start. Uh, for the Toronto NBA franchise, and a note on Kelvin Sampson that we'll mention, former IU coach, for a brief period of time coming up here in just a bit. Also, later in the show, it's uh, Wednesday, so we'll hear from Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. And good news for Dustin, bad news for IU coverage. He got a little bit of a promotion earlier this week. He's going to be the beat writer for the Indiana Pacers for the Star and, of course, that's the same family of newspapers, the Herald Times and the Star, so you'll be able to read his work in both places. Occasionally, his work appears in the Courier-Journal out of Louisville as well. So uh, Dustin's still with us today on IU stuff, but he is transitioning to a new full-time job, which is a great opportunity for him. And then later in the show, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, will be with us. A lot of local stuff to get to. Providence wins a volleyball state championship. The Pioneer football team is headed to a really tough regional game coming up on Friday. And so we'll chat about that with Josh and a few other local things because boys basketball practices officially underway as of earlier this week. And the girls' season, I mean, it seems like each and every night there are games. So that season is rolling and is here, and it's time for high school basketball here in the state of Indiana. Uh, that's the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Also, to start, reminder, it's National Signing Day. It begins today and runs for a week and a half or so. And so with that, we'll be paying attention to Gabe Cups, who made his signing with Indiana official at 7 a.m. this morning at the Breakfast Club, whatever that is, at Centerville High School over in Centerville, Ohio. Newton, Ja'Kai Newton, is planning a ceremony at 1230 on Thursday 
at his high school down in uh, Newton High School. That's in Covington, Georgia. So an update on both of those Indiana guys. Wednesday today, the first day of the opening, uh, the opening day, I should say, of the fall signing period that goes through November 16th. Of course, no real surprises in this class. Cups and Newton have both been decommitted to IU for a while. Newton committed first back on October 22nd of 2021. And then Cups followed up that commitment uh, just about a month later on November 16th, 2021. So no surprise that both of those guys uh, getting their signings out of the way here in the first day or two of the fall period. Newton, a four-star, six-foot-three combo guard, ranked number 71 nationally in the composite index, 86 nationally by 24-7 sports. Cups, six-foot-two, pure point guard is how a lot of people describe him. He's also a four-star. He's number 93 in the composite rankings and number 107 by 27 sports. Cups, we've had his dad on the show. We've had Gabe himself on our show. Great people. Cups led Centerville to a state championship as a sophomore, runners-up last season, and they've got some new pieces at Centerville this year. They are expected to have a really good season and would be surprised if they did not win a state championship in Gabe's senior year. Of course, Gabe's father, uh, Brooks Cups, is the coach of the Centerville team. And speaking of them, Centerville's going to play at New Albany around the holidays. I think they'll probably be a really tough matchup for the Bulldogs, um, way, way overpowering, uh, I would think, but still a chance to see Gabe's Cups play locally here right uh, in southern Indiana. Also, a few other things to mention. Mike uh, Woodson, we heard from him yesterday, kind of a pregame availability for the Thursday night, game number two for the Hoosiers. We learned a little more about Trace Jackson Davis's injury that kept him out of the Marion exhibition. He came back and played the second exhibition game against St. Francis and, of course, the regular season opener on Monday night against Moorhead State. But his right hand has been wrapped. Remember back when he did his signing at NIL event down at one of the local car dealerships, we thought he had a wrap or a small cast, something on his right thumb, his right hand. And we now know, according to Coach Woodson, it is a sprained right thumb. So uh, the padding gives him a little extra relief. Seems to be working for him, Coach Woodson said. I think we would all see the same report there. And so it's hopeful he can continue playing. But obviously you want to be cautious, especially early on in the season, and make sure that he is healthy because there are big games coming very soon for this Indiana team. And Trace Jackson Davis is obviously going to be a very huge part of any success this team could be able to put together this season. So that's a little more on Trace. I know there was concern about the wrap. Anytime you start the season with an injury and it's your key guy, your go-to guy, there's going to be some concern. But that's a little bit more. Seems to be a right sprained thumb uh, that has caused Trace a little bit of issues. And hopefully this wrap allows him to play on uh, as he had no injury. But it is definitely something to watch. Uh, as Indiana moves forward in some of these upcoming games. Also, a couple IU football notes to pass along. Uh, Big challenge for the Hoosiers. Tough game for the Hoosiers. Uh, This team is faltering. The last opponent they want to see on their schedule Saturday is number two ranked Ohio State, who is 9-0. But one thing we do know, according to Coach Allen, uh, in Monday's media availability, Connor Basilak is going to return as the starting quarterback. Coach Allen said, There really wasn't a specific injury that kept him sidelined 
in the last game, but really it was the accumulation of injuries from the first eight games or the previous eight games of the season. He said he was beat up pretty good. So uh, Basilak is back. Of course, Jack Tuttle replaced Basilak against Penn State. Even he was knocked out of the game in the second quarter with what appeared to be a shoulder injury and no real update from Coach Allen earlier this week. We also got to see redshirt sophomore quarterback Dexter Williams II. He showed some promise in his first college game, 4 for 11 for 41 yards and two interceptions. He ran four times for 24 yards. And Coach Allen said on Monday he could play more in these final three games with I think makes sense. Basilak, you know, obviously we know the situations he's been in, the successes and failures he's had this season. Is Dexter Williams the future of this team at the QB position? Jack Tuttle has already announced, even as a captain, he's going to transfer out after this season. So uh, that is an interesting situation for Indiana with the quarterback position, but it does sound like Connor Basilak, at least on Saturday, will be the starter against Ohio State. One other thing, you know, USF, South Florida, uh, they have an opening. And uh, potential replacements for Jeff Scott uh, as head coach, uh, just pay attention to this stuff. It's fun to follow away from the games on uh, Saturdays and college football heating up here this time of year. A number of names mentioned. This was just by one of the USF fan sites. But Tom Allen listed as just a potential candidate for this job. And obviously Tom Allen is still employed at Indiana. I think everybody expects him to be at Indiana for the next season or two at least because of the buyout. Uh, But his name is in circulation there, and I think that's interesting. If he were to be let go, I think we would all be surprised, but probably would be an interesting candidate for the USF job. But he was pretty far down the list of speculative candidates for the South Florida opening. But it is interesting to see that because of his lack of success this season, and really last season as well, his name is beginning to surface as a candidate for maybe some lesser jobs or other jobs where he could get a fresh start. So always interesting as a coach gets in this position where Tom Allen is at, does he ride it out and hope for success next season and know that his buyout's pretty strong and at some point if he is let go, he's going to get paid well? Or if he's a winner and wants to compete, does he take another job? Does he look elsewhere for a fresh start where he can build. I think it's definitely something to watch in the offseason to see where his name is mentioned and maybe where it's not mentioned in some of the openings that could be forthcoming in college football. Also, NBA basketball saw a really good story on OG Ananobi and the Toronto Raptors. Of course, OG, a former IU great, he has really settled in and I think has become an NBA veteran, a career-type player that's going to have a really nice NBA career. He's really, uh, I think early on, it's only, what, three, three and a half weeks in the in, to the NBA season. I think you would have to consider him kind of an early person to consider for defensive player of the year. He has really been good for the Raptors, especially from a defensive perspective. And it's amazing to see the role that he has carved out in recent seasons for the Raptors. And they're really good once again this season. It will be interesting to see if they can put together another run to an NBA championship. But OG Ananobi, he's worked himself in there year after year, season after season. He has a real valuable role for the Raptors. And I know a lot of Indiana fans have enjoyed following the progress of his NBA career. Here's this final headline, I guess, is kind of something that just makes you wonder, you know, what could have been Delvin Sampson at Houston. He took him to the Final Four 
We've seen the success he's had, the recruiting successes that he's had at Houston. Earlier this week, uh, his win, his team's win over uh, the, uh, I think it was Northern Colorado, gives Kelvin Sampson his 700th career victory. And it's hard to imagine, uh, based on what he was doing recruiting-wise at Indiana before the issues, and he was ultimately let go, what that relationship could have been like, what his time at Indiana could have been like. Would he have had them to the Final Four? Would he have led them to a national championship? Was he on that course potentially to do so? Uh, He's sure done well at Houston. He's sure been able to overcome his problems that he ran into at Indiana. Uh, And again, you look back on those problems in our world today, and that might be a simple slap on the wrist when you see all of the violations and issues that programs have had since then. But at that time, especially at a school like Indiana, uh, those texts and those phone calls, that was a big deal, those extra calls. And ultimately, that is what led to his undoing as the head coach of the Hoosiers. But 700 career victories now for Kelvin Sampson uh, at Houston. Also tonight, Wednesday night, really interesting to see the Bellarmine and Louisville game. Kenny Payne is trying to get things going for the Cardinals, and they will host Bellarmine tonight at the Yum Center. Bellarmine, uh, another solid team. I think they're going to be really good in the Ohio Valley Conference. Their second year of Division I basketball, they won the conference, I should say. I believe the Atlantic Sun. I said Ohio Valley, but they won their conference a year ago. Tonight, would you pick them? Are they the favorite to beat Louisville after Louisville lost to another Division II team? Uh, or a Division II team, I should say, in their first games, uh, I think Bellarmine could do it. And that would be a huge win for Scotty Davenport as he looks to continue to build up the Bellarmine program in the Division I ranks. They're off to a tremendous start. The successes that he has had there are unbelievable. And maybe the next step forward is a win over Louisville. Keep in mind, Coach Davenport, a long relationship, a long uh, opportunity to be on Coach Crum and Coach Patino's staff at UofL. So, Of local interest tonight, I think a lot of fans with Indiana off will be paying attention to a 9 o'clock Louisville-Bellarmine inner city rivalry game tonight. It's a really good game, I think, for Louisville. Really good game for this area because Bellarmine and Justin Betts, Providence graduate, has done such a good job including and recruiting Southern Indiana that I think it'll be a fun one to watch tonight. I know a lot of people, it's ACC Network. I've already had somebody text in. ACC Network at 9 o'clock for the Louisville and Bellarmine contest tonight. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. As we head to break, a reminder, Providence football will play in a regional championship game coming up on Friday night. They'll be at Indianapolis Lutheran. That's a 7.30 kickoff, and Justin Kalen will have the call of that game on our sister station 94.7 WFIA. So again, 94.7 FM on Friday if you want to follow the Pioneers as they, uh, at 9-2, have a big challenge. Indianapolis Lutheran 12-0 on the season. And how about this? They've not had, Lutheran has not had a point scored against them so far in the postseason. That is absolutely amazing. So a big challenge coming up for Providence on Friday night. We'll have the broadcast of that game. We'll head to a commercial break. Dustin Dopirak is next. We'll congratulate him on his new position. We'll talk some IU basketball and football as well. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. The Thornton's text line is open. The number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito and any fountain, tea, or fizz freeze or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for Refreshing Rewards to earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. A great offer for them. And don't forget to send us a text on the Thornton's text line each day here on the show. All right, Dustin Dopirak, Bloomington Herald Times, is with us. Dustin has done an amazing job for a number of years through different media outlets covering the Hoosiers as a beat writer for IU basketball and football, really all sports. But, Dustin, before we get into our IU chat today, I need to congratulate you because... You've got a new gig forthcoming. You're going to be the Pacers beat writer for the Star, and uh, it's a big opportunity for you and happy for a nice uh, opportunity here to continue writing about basketball in our state. Just a little different side of things on the professional side. And I appreciate it. Thanks so much, man. And, and thanks, obviously, for all the opportunity you've given me to, to, to come on the show. Uh, yeah, no, just decided. I mean, I they uh, made made the move official last week, and I started on Monday, so it was a Pacers game Monday night uh, instead of down in Bloomington. But uh, yeah, no, I've always been interested in covering the NBA. Uh, always been interested in the Pacers beat. Um, you know, it's a little bit easier trip for me because I've been living in Indianapolis, so I have, don't have to go, you know, make the drive to Bloomington anymore. So that works out well. But uh, uh, a little bit bummed because this this IU team is going to be very interesting. Um, and so you saw a bit of it Monday night. But uh, Pacers actually look pretty intriguing as well. They're they're better than I thought they would be at five and five so far. Uh, but it's worked uh, well, well. So just yeah, thanks so much for the congratulations. I appreciate it. Yeah, before we get into IU, we don't talk probably as much Pacers as we should. Occasionally, it will come up. Uh, obviously. You know, I think back in the days to Reggie Miller in my childhood when the Pacers were pretty mainstream, even here in far southern Indiana, uh, and you kept up with them, and you, especially when it came time for the playoffs, wondered if they could make a run at, at Chicago or make a run to the NBA Finals. So can we ever get back to that, I guess? But uh, how, how's this team? Is, is it a rebuilding team this season for the Pacers? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think the general thought was that they were going to be among the uh, group of team, teams that would be looking to tank, uh, basically to, to try to take a shot at Victor Wembanyama. You know, it seemed to be that far along. Um, you know, obviously, I think they were 25-57 and 57 last year, and that certainly puts you on that pace of, all right, you want to be one of those teams that's maybe uh, trying to push to, to acquire more young talent rather than think about winning now. Um but they're they are showing up a little bit better than you would expect. I mean, it's it's a very young team, but it's, it's very talented and it can really score. I mean, uh, Tyrese Halliburton has been just really terrific at point guard. Uh, they, you know, they got him uh, from Sacramento for Demontis Sabonis uh, last year, and he's really impressive. Uh, Benedict Maturin, uh, the the uh, rookie they got from from Arizona, the number six pick in the draft, is is performed immediately. And is averaging, you know, is averaging was averaging close to twenty points a game. He didn't uh, didn't have a great night the other night, so that dipped. 
uh, pretty significantly, but he's shown that he can immediately score the basketball. Uh, and they've got some other really intriguing pieces. Uh, Miles Turner and Buddy Hield are two guys that they, you know, the expectation is that they're going to look to trade them, um, basically, especially if they're not competitive. Um, but maybe if they are, maybe they keep them around. Miles Turner had 37 points the other night against, uh, against New Orleans, uh, and Heald has been really shooting the lights out. So those guys... Uh, have been really impressive, um, and so that that's keeping them more competitive than I think people thought. They're five and five so far, uh, and you know I think again the presumption is that at some point the bottom is going to fall out, and they're going to be a team that's more in the lottery and looking just to sort of acquire picks and and rebuild. Um, but it's been better than expected. Again, I think they're they're a top five team in the league as far as scoring the ball, not defending quite as well, but they do have turned in the back of that. Uh, you know, defense is one of the you know best shot blockers in the NBA, so they're. Better than you know, uh, better than a lot of people were expecting. It's an exciting team, and I think Pacers fans uh, that did not expect to show up for this team are, are being pretty intrigued. And I promise we'll get to IU stuff uh, for listeners here in just a moment. But you mentioned Victor. How do you say his last name? Uh, you mean Benedict McCann? Oh, okay, okay, yes, yeah, yeah. I'm you were sorry. thinking Victor Oladipo still. <laughs> No, 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 no. I, 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 I was my mind when you said something about tanking. I, my mind went to the uh, once in a millennium uh, draft pick. There's Victor. Oh, Victor Wembanyama. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. And I, I, I had a chance to just briefly see his G League Ignite team play on ESPN a while back, and he, uh, you know, you hear so much hype about some of these guys, but he does appear to be a really, really uh, intriguing prospect for the NBA in the future. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I absolutely, especially when it comes to guys that are, uh, you know, uh, from out of country, they, they, you know, they, they become like tall tales. You know, you're like, okay, well, he's this good and he's that good. And I mean, if you go back to like, you know, Tony Kukoc in the 90s, um, you know, was sort of the first one that I remember everybody just talking about, oh my God, this guy's incredible. He might, he's, you know, the European Jordan, he's going to come over and he's like, you know, he might even be the Bulls' best player. And and obviously he was a very good, solid player, um, you know, basically back then. But that was sort of the first sort of like mythical, you know, foreign player that I remember. Um, and, and you know, you, you've seen hit or miss, hits and misses uh, on that over time. You know, certainly guys like Luca have, have really been at that level and you have other guys that you have, you know, that, that have sort of just faded in the background. But uh, Wembenyama is going to be special. I mean, I think you obviously saw him, him coming and playing against that that G League night team uh, really told you, okay, you know, this is the real thing. You know, like him being on television, and you can actually watch him and see um, if he's seven foot three, seven foot four, and he moves like a guard, and he shoots like a guard, uh, and that's incredible. I mean, he he literally is just genetically one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Um, so you know, I mean, I, I mean, like obviously that doesn't mean he's going to be the best player in the league as soon as he comes on board. I mean, there there will probably be some level of growing pains, um, you know, when when he gets to the NBA. Um, but I, you can pencil in that he's going to be really good, um, and that he's that, that you're going to really want that guy because he'll be able to do some things that other people just can't do. I mean, I think you know, uh, like imagining him as the next Kevin Durant is not is not out of turn at all. Um, and so that, you know, obviously that's a guy that you can build a future around. If you can say that this guy's going to be Kevin Durant, at least, uh, that's an, that's just an amazing, you know, floor. Uh, I, I mean, I don't want to say it's his floor cause Durant obviously is a winner and he's, in, and he's been scoring for a long time, but, um, it's a big deal. Uh, he, he's going to be one heck of a player. And so anybody that gets him is going to change the franchise probably immediately. Yeah, no question. Talking with 
Dustin Dopirak, Dustin, uh, IU beat writer with the Herald Times, transitioning to a Pacers beat writer. Let's get into IU stuff. Uh, Dustin, Indiana's second regular season game coming up on Thursday. Really, this is their last little test before a legitimate opponent in Xavier coming up next week. Yeah, no, so they have a, a little bit of tune-up. Obviously, they, they had a the couple exhibition games, so they have a little, a little bit of time to get going. But, uh, yeah, no, it, you know, and, and that's obviously one cool thing about the Gavit games um, is that they, you know, uh, it, 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 because it's so early, basically, you know, obviously it's been coming in before, um, uh, you know, the ACC Big Ten Challenge. You know, it puts some more teams in a position where they've got to play somebody for real. Uh, you know, they got a pretty big break there to um, to get ready for it. They play Bethune-Cookman Thursday night um, and, you know, just have more than a week uh, to prepare for Xavier. But, uh, but yeah, that should be an interesting one. You know, uh, I don't know too much about Bethune-Cookman, um, but, uh, yeah, they, they have a little bit of time just to, you know, still just get um, some things right as far as, you know, combinations and rotations. And there's a lot of experimentation that's going to be done with this group, but obviously you're seeing – uh, already so far that uh, the second unit um, is is pretty legitimate, that, that there's a lot of depth in this group, and, and there are going to be options uh, of moving guys around and, and playing different guys together, and, and you can you can shift the pieces a lot and, and trust that there's a lot of depth there, uh, that guys are going to be productive. IU fans, I'm sure, concerned to hear uh, Coach Woodson mention Trace Jackson D- Davis continuing to deal with a thumb sprain. It sure doesn't seem to be affecting his game in any major way, but definitely anytime your star player has uh, any kind of cast or protective gear on early in the season, uh, it is a concern. So is this something that, from what you gather from Coach Woodson and what he had to say earlier this week, is this a big deal for Trace, or is this just a minor ding that should allow him to continue being who he's been for this Indiana team, if not even better than what he's been? Well, I think the big thing, you know, obviously the big thing is this non-shooting hand. And, you know, for years we've seen Trace Jackson Davis be pretty effective, mostly operating with one hand. Um, so you're, you, I think what you're not going to see for a minute at least uh, until he's healthy is the expansion that everybody's looking for, is is just more work with the right hand. You, know, so you saw a little bit of that last year. Um, but, you know, if, if you were looking to see him get better with his right, well, he's probably not going to. Uh, for the moment, at least until that uh, that that hand heals up, and you know, for that matter, I imagine you know, as as a guide hand, uh, you're not necessarily going to see, um, you know, him taking as many of the outside shots. But again, you, you know, I, I think he even said once that he was basically playing with one hand, even though the other hand wasn't injured. You know, basically his freshman years and even sophomore year, to some degree, that he was just doing everything with his left, and he's just that effective going to his left hand. Um, so it, it's, it, you, you can't say there's nothing there. Um, you know, again, it's, it's a thumb and apparently it's not, it's not broken, but it's in severe pain. Um, so any, again, any, anything that you're looking at that's going to require, uh, two hands, he's not going to be great at, but you know, again, because he's so good with his strong hand, uh, he's going to be able to still score a lot of points, get a lot of rebounds, uh, do a lot of important stuff, be really, really effective. It's it just, it, it, it's a great, if, if anybody can force him to go to his right, uh, then he's going to be in some trouble. But, you know, a lot of, many have tried and most have failed. You know, I, I didn't realize this. Coach Woodson played at Indiana before my time here, but he had a broken thumb. He broke the tip of his thumb, and he talked a little bit about that earlier this week when answering some tr- tr- questions about Trace, that it, it can be a tough injury, just kind of an awkward place. Yeah, no, certainly. It was this morning uh, he was talking about that. Apparently I was just, you know, I wasn't on the call uh, 
but uh, you know, I saw a lot of the, the tweets coming out from you know my old colleagues, and yeah, it, it, apparently he said it was, it was a lot of pain. It really, really hurt, and 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 of course, I mean, you know, like like uh, on some level, like your your thumb is kind of what separates us from like uh, like from other mammals, basically. That we have the ability to to use that thing, and that that's what kind of allows us to do mostly important things that we that we do to create a civilization in a way. Um, so when you when it's not working for you, there's a lot of things that you don't realize. Uh, that you need it for, that you really do. Um, and, you know, it, it, for the game of basketball in particular, obviously just being able to handle, to dribble, um, and to shoot, I mean, it's it's critically important. And just, I mean, that, you know, it, just catching the ball, you're going to take some shock waves into it, uh, and that hurts. <laughs> and and so you, and, and you have a lot of possibilities running into guys and boxing people out and trying to defend, you know, like that, that, that it is in harm's way. Um, and it can make it worse, and it, and it hurts already. I mean, anything in your hand when it's hurting, like you got a ton of nerve endings in there, and you, it, it, it's, it tends to be loud um, when um, you know, basically, like when when you have it hurt, and, and anything on your hand, it, it tends to really, you, you tend to really notice just from a pain standpoint. Uh, and but it, you, you also always have a possibility when you're playing sports to put it in in harm's way and and uh, you know bring more pain to it. So, not an easy thing to deal with at all. All right, uh, Dustin, it's also National Signing Day, or uh, today kicks that off for a uh, week and a half period or so for the fall. And I saw that Gabe Cups has already sent his paperwork into Indiana. He did so at a little breakfast ceremony this morning at Centerville High School over in Ohio. And Ja'Kai Newton is expected to sign at 12.30 p.m. uh, tomorrow down at Covington, Georgia, where he goes to school. You know, the 2023 class, there's been... A little concern on the lack of numbers there, the lack of success Indiana has had in getting recent commitments. Both of those guys committed back in the latter stages of 2021. So it's it's been a lull of inactivity in the 2023 class since those guys. But how do you size up that class for Indiana as it stands with Cups and Newton, the only two in there? Yeah, Norman, obviously that's kind of the one – if, if there has been one thing about Mike Woodson's tenure that you're like, I don't know about that. It, it's been that. A lot of all, obviously the other things, uh, everything else that have come together, obviously this team I think is ahead of schedule. Um, and you know, I, there, there are a lot of other uh, things that he's managed to do to kind of uh, get the ship righted in, in really, really quickly. You know, keeping guys on, you know, connecting to players, coaching this team up. Um, it, you know, a lot of ways he's ahead of schedule. And obviously, he recruited well in the 2022 class. You know, it, it, where you have at least, I think, two players that are truly game ready, and maybe three um, in uh, in Jalen Huchipino, Malik Renu, and uh, and CJ Gunn. And I, and and I think that Caleb Banks is going to eventually be a really good player. So he got a good first class, and I think the guys he got in 2023 are pretty good. But there was still more that you were looking for. I think, um, you know, especially I mean, you would have wanted another big. Um, at, you know, just out of that class, you would have wanted a, a, you know, and he just there were a lot of guys he. Uh, went after and, and just missed on, uh, and and so a, a lot of players that he's been in top five on, top ten, um, and you know a lot of guys that have shown interest in Indiana. He just he just has not kind of been there all the way down the stretch. But I mean, I, st- I still think I think Newton's a really good player. I, I, I got to watch him a little bit uh, at, at an AAU event last year in Westfield. Um, you know, really really impressed with his game. Uh, Gabe Cups is terrific, and I think you know obviously he's even even bigger deal when we're starting to talk about the idea of Jalen Mitchell as a one and done. Um, that doesn't sound crazy uh, at this point. I, it's certainly not a, a lock to happen, um, but it could. And you know, if it does, obviously they're going to need. You know, with Xavier Johnson also gone, they're going to need guys that are going to be able to handle the basketball. Gabe Cups might have to step up and, and, and immediately be a starting point guard. 
Um, uh, but uh, it, uh, those two guys are, are really important. They, they are two important baseline guys. I think they would have wanted to have more, and it does not seem like they're going to get uh, anybody else in the freshman class. Um, but there's a chance. Obviously, the portal could open up, and, and, and they're not. You know, even though they didn't take anybody out of the portal uh, this year, they're not suddenly opposed to it. And there's a chance they could go get somebody, and the total addition will end up fine. Um, but you, you know, if you're Indiana, you would have wanted something more out of this. But that doesn't mean that the two players they got aren't going to be really effective. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times IU basketball, our topic here first. Dustin um, Miller Cop is a player that I think a lot of people see as a pivotal guy uh, heading into the season here early on. Can he help increase the success of three-point shooting of this team? Uh, that was something that people were hopeful of last year, and it didn't necessarily pan out that way. Any early thoughts on what we've seen from him, especially in that category so far? Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's not taking a ton of them, but he's hitting them uh, as far as three-point shooting is concerned. And I think that's really it, that's still good. That's still useful. I mean, he was two for two from three the other night. I think he was two for two from three um, in combining the exhibition games. I mean, he's not playing a ton of minutes. He's not getting the ball in his hand a lot. Um, but I, I think he's going to be of value as the guy that just sort of stands there and waits for the ball to end up in his hand and hits when it, and, and, and hits them when he does. Um, you know, you, you're not going to see a lot of moving and shooting from him. It seems like he's going to be more stationary, um, which he already was. But, I mean, like, I think it's still important to have one of those guys. Um, and I think he might not even have much better numbers, but I think um, – and he might take fewer shots. But I think that, I, I think Indiana fans will be happier with him this year than last year. And I think the reason is, I, I think that what's going to ch- – what changed around him is the rest of the composition of the team. I think, you know, whereas last year you put up two more or less standstill shooters together uh, on the floor, you know, now he's going to be with multiple playmakers. You're going to have to commit resources to dealing with David Johnson, Jalen Hochefino, you know, when those guys are on the floor, but also Trey Galloway and, and – um, and and Tamar Bates, you know, when when they move things around, that they're trying to, I think, give all of those guys uh, more opportunity and freedom uh, to really attack off the bounce. And so he's going to be around a lot of guys that can do that, and also, you know, uh, a lot of you know uh, powerful guys on the front court. So I think he's going to be the beneficiary uh, of a lot of guys that are going to draw attention into the paint, and he's going to have some open looks, uh, you know, for that reason. Um, so it's I, it, I think he. He might have a quiet, really good year. Um, I, and I think, you know, I don't know that this team is going to take a ton of threes. Uh, all, you know, just because of what they're able to do, you know, at the rim. And it's, it, it is going to be, certainly I, I think you're going to have to do it more and more as you get into conference play. Uh, but they're going to be able to beat a lot of teams up, and they're going to be able to get a lot of buckets at the rim from uh, their guards, who I think are, are going to be really good guys at getting downhill and finishing at the rim. Um, and, and the ball's going to move a little bit, and you know, but, but there's going to be, I think, a lot of opportunities in the paint. They're not going to win 52-18 to 18 like they did against Morehead State. That's not going to be a frequent thing. Um, but they're, they're probably going to be out, able to outpaint a lot of people, and they're just going to need some people, a few guys, to you know, keep defenders out of the paint. And Miller Cops going to be one of those guys. That's going to be the most important thing he does, is just make sure he keeps his guy uh, clung to him. I mean, even if he doesn't shoot a lot, and he just has to you know, make the ones he takes and you know, force his guy to stay out of the paint and, and just make sure there's at least one body that's not there. Um, and he can be pretty valuable. So I, I like he, he, I think he might ultimately be quieter and he might not be a guy that you talk about frequently. Uh, but every once in a while you're going to notice him. Um, and you know, I, I, I think this, this, the rule that he's going to play is going to put him in a much more comfortable shape. The spotlight will be on him less. Cause I think a lot of people are looking at Stewart and cop and not, and asking, okay, why aren't they better? Why aren't they hitting more? Um, 
I don't know if there's going to be a ton of attempts, uh, but he might make them at a higher clip. And, and you know, I don't think it's going to be better for them to force threes to him, but I think he's just going to have to hit the ones to get. No question. Dustin Dopirak with the Bloomington Herald Times. Dustin, I know you're transitioning to a new beat, but we're going to continue from time to time to check in with you on uh, Indiana basketball, we'll call it, Pacers and maybe a little Hoosiers as well. You've been a great addition to this program now for a number of years and sure appreciate all the time you've given us uh, to share your knowledge with the IU fans that join us every day. I appreciate it, Matt. Thanks so much. I'm, I'm obviously going to continue to follow these guys. Uh, still fascinated by what, the, what is in store for them. So, you know, I won't be able to watch all the games because the Pacers got plenty going on, but I will be keeping tabs on these guys as much as possible. Absolutely. Thank you, Dustin. Appreciate it. Thanks so much, Matt. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment here on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, he's the sports editor for the News and Tribune, is with us. Providence football on Friday, we'll discuss that. Boys basketball practices underway as well. Local sports talk coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is my guest. And, Josh, we've got lots to talk about, just a little bit of time to do it, but we've got to talk about another state championship coming back to the area, Providence Volleyball with an unbelievable season once again and a very, very strong finish to the 3A state title game in Muncie. Yeah, just uh, just a storybook ending, really, for uh, Grace Perica and her career, and uh, and uh, the pioneers in general. I mean, it was just uh, everything was uh, everything worked out for the pioneers uh, this season. You know, even going back to to last season, losing to Floyd in the four A sectional, heck, that worked out well for them because it dropped them down to three A, and then you know, three A, they just uh, ran through the season uh, this year. And um, they were just um, they were just awesome, and that uh, that state championship, uh, you know, they dominated the first two sets, uh, lost the third, a close one, but uh, and got down in the fourth, but came back big and just won uh, one uh, going away. So uh, you know, Terry Perica's team was just uh, you know was just awesome coming down the stretch, and, and heck, for that matter, most of the season, you know, they only lost to four A teams and uh, uh, assumptions, so. You know, it was just uh, it was just an incredible season, and that uh, you know that final was a perfect way to to cap it off. And Grace Perica got the final kill, which was just uh, you know so so fitting for her. You know, and uh, getting to win this with her mom in her senior year, and you know this team only has two seniors, Grace and uh, Taylor Bensbeck. So you know, it's not uh, not uh, wouldn't be a surprise to see them maybe back there next year. You know, they just have to. Just have to find a find a setter, uh, you know, replace Grace and uh, Taylor in, on defense. So, uh, man, it wouldn't be wouldn't be a, a stretch to think they'd be back there next year. 
yeah, amazing what Providence volleyball has become. We had Terry Perica, the coach, on yesterday. Really, she's a, at this point a volleyball legend here in our area. But it's amazing year in and year out how good they are. You're already mentioning them as a possibility to repeat again next year. Yeah, it's uh, you know Terry's got a great uh, great program. I know you you all talked about it the other day too, but. You know, it's amazing. Maybe some some uh, you know some schools around the state look at Providence and say, "Well, heck, they recruit." But uh, I mean, most of these kids are just uh, you know they've come up through uh, they've come up through the program, they've come up through the, the Catholic schools, and uh, you know it's just incredible to see what what uh, what Terry's done in her uh, 24 years. You know, this is t- state title number four, so you know that is uh, that is just a great 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 career. That's for sure. Josh, we've had a lot of talk about Providence here on the program recently because their football team has had a tremendous year, and it's going to be really interesting to see how they compete on Friday against an excellent Indianapolis Lutheran team, a team that I think probably will likely go on if they beat Providence to win the 1A football state championship. Can Providence hang? Can Providence score? Uh, nobody's put a, a, a touchdown or even a field goal on the board yet in the postseason against this Lutheran team. Yeah, nobody scored against Lutheran in the in the postseason, which is uh, you know very impressive by Lutheran's defense. Uh, yeah, I mean Providence has got uh, got an explosive offense, uh, you know, big play offense. I wouldn't be surprised to see them score. Um, you know, and their and their uh, her defense was just lights out last week, holding holding uh, to come to the seven points. And uh, you know, the, the running back who had scored or who had run for like three hundred and sixty five yards and six touchdowns the week before, he didn't. Uh, I don't think he scored a touchdown. He he uh, he didn't score a touchdown. He rushed for uh, under 100 yards. So, you know, Providence's D was was just huge, and, and they'll have to they'll have their biggest test of the year. That's for sure. In Lutheran, um, you know, they beat Lutheran uh, has has beat everybody by well, it's similar to Tecumseh. I mean, Tecumseh had only had beaten had beaten uh, teams. Only two teams have been within single digits. I think that might be the same for. Luther may be one, but uh, you know they they beat uh, Indianapolis, Cecina, and and Triton Central to uh, two two A teams, um, two A top ten teams. So you know, I, uh, they, heck, they even started their season. I think they beat a four A team to be honest with you. So that was super impressive as well. But uh, it, it's going to be a task for Providence, that's for sure. And uh, you know, on top of that, you got to make the trip uh, up north. But uh, you know, uh, stranger things have happened. So. You know, Providence, I don't know, uh, you know, if people expected Providence to win last week going in against an undefeated Tecumseh team, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what they can do Friday night at, uh, at Lutheran. Absolutely. Josh Cook, my guest. You can read Josh work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the daily print edition of the newspaper. Good news to report as well. Boys basketball season is here. Official practices began earlier this week. We're a week or, or so away from scrimmages uh, here in the area, and then we'll get into games really the week of Thanksgiving. There'll be some before the Thanksgiving holiday, and there'll be others uh, that weekend after the Thursday Thanksgiving uh, day for everybody. That said, any early thoughts as you put together previews and talk to coaches and start to think about what high school hoops could look like here in the area this year? Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see uh... – you know who kind of who kind of steps up uh, this year? We've got I think a lot of unknowns as far as uh, team teams go. You know there were uh, 
Uh, we've lost quite a few great players over the last few years, so now it's uh, now it'll be time for kind of some of the the young and up and comers to uh, to show what they've got. You know, you got uh, uh, we know we've talked a lot of Providence, but you got to start with Providence just because heck they're the defending state champs. Uh, you know, obviously they uh, they have a lot tougher road this year because Brownstown's dropped down to two A in, in their sectional, so. And Brownstown, uh, much like the Providence volleyball team, comes drops down, and you know they're uh, I would consider them a state championship contender right off the bat. So, but uh, you know you know Ryan Miller will have uh, some defensive playing for him. But uh, you know Jeff's very intriguing with new coach Ron Wilkerson. They, you know they've got a lot of young talent, and then uh, Floyd Central and new coach Greg Walters, and they got Caleb Washington. So it's going to be interesting to see what uh, uh, what a lot of these teams can do this season. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You've got that crossover right now, uh, some of the remaining fall stuff to write about, getting into the winter months with girls basketball here and boys basketball coming. Appreciate all of your efforts. You're, uh, in some ways, a one-man band, and uh, I think uh, we all appreciate the work you do each and every day, Josh. Well, thanks so much, Matt. I appreciate it, and, uh, you know, you keep up the good work as well, and, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see you. See you soon at the basketball game. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. And that's going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the program. Back with you Thursday and Friday at 11 a.m. And don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you have to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison wherever you listen to podcasts, and you will find us there. And I know I'm pushing the text line a lot. We get more and more questions as we get into basketball season, so make sure you save the number. It's the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450, 502-414-1450. It's your way to help shape the program. I know it's going to be a fun year for IU basketball, so make sure you send in your questions and comments, and we'll get them on the program tomorrow. All right, have a great Wednesday. Talk with you Thursday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.